Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about a project we're working on. It's called Project Happiness. Turns out there's not enough happiness in the world. People are so busy looking at the shadows that they miss the light that surrounds them. And so we're collecting videos from people. They're five to 10 seconds long. And it's basically, hi, my name's Judy. And what makes me happy is whatever makes you happy. And one of the things I'm hearing from a lot of people is when they see those videos, number one, it makes them smile. And number two, they realize, you know, I could do that. So if you feel so inclined, send a happiness video our way five to 10 seconds long, and we'll make the world a happier place. And what's going to make me happy today is I get to have a great conversation with Luke Charlton. He's a guru at getting clients for experts, whether they're coaches or professionals in digital media. He's going to help you get people that want to do business with you. And one of the things that really impressed me about Luke was he's generated over half a million leads. He's served over 4,000 coaches and consultants. And one of the tools he uses is email to get people to kind of volunteer and say, hey, I want some of that. I want to talk to you, which is totally brilliant. Luke, welcome to the program. Thanks, Omar. Pleasure to be here. Brilliant. So isn't email dead? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, You know, that's something that I hear all the time. But if you look at, you know, the most profitable marketing methods online, email still comes out on top by, by a long way. I mean, that's still the main method of communication for a lot of people. I mean, it's funny, actually, um, people always talk about open rates um, with email, right? I- open rates are declining. I only get 10% or 20% or whatever it is. But they never talk about the open rates of like, um, you know, a social post, right? With a social mm-hmm. post, the reach now is what, 2%, 3% um, when you put out a post. And that's that's just, that's not, that doesn't say someone has read it. It's just like the impressions, right? So oh, people yeah. who have actually read it, it would be even less. So compared to social, I think email is still way on top. So one of my clients, uh, they're a company that you know, relies solely on emails and newsletters to generate the revenue. And they're probably close to a billion dollars in revenue that comes from that. And I was yep. talking to one of their teams and they were saying, you know, we spend like almost half our time figuring, figuring out what the subject line is. Because if yep. it doesn't get opened, it doesn't do anybody any good. And so sure, the open rates are low, but partially because the subject lines are totally crap. That's Yeah, that's right. So... Here's my thing on subject lines. Um, I think they're, I mean, you obviously want a great subject line because that entices people to open it up. But what happens after a while is if you send emails that people want to read, which is really what I show coaches and professionals how to do, like entertaining emails that people actually want to read that aren't just pitching or even content can get boring after a while. That's why people's open rates tend to go down after time because they just send out a lot of content and that can get boring and overwhelming. So um, at the beginning of your list, like a like open rates, uh, sorry, your, your subject line is, is great for open rates, but over time, people will open your emails if they're entertaining, 
um, of course. They'll open them based on, you know, a lot to do with the relationship with you though, because they enjoy reading your emails. They won't even really look at the subject line. They'll just open it because they know that whatever you're going to be saying in there is something that's going to resonate. So yes, subject lines are important, but if, if you just focus on sending emails that people actually want to read, that's, that's, that's more important, I would say. Yeah, and that comes around from knowing your audience, like what's yeah, happening right. for them, what's relevant to them, and that's yep. easier said than done. So uh, why don't you tell me about one of your clients, you can uh, change their name to protect the innocent, and <laughs> give me a sense of who they thought the customers were, what they wanted to hear, and how you helped them figure out who the clients really were and what they truly wanted to hear. Uh, that's a great, actually, uh, one comes to mind. Um, I'm working with now, actually, I'm, I'm running her Facebook ads. And so she is a, um, uh, actually, the question you just asked is basically what I do with every single client, right? I, um, they kind of have a general idea of who their target market is um, and what they do when we first start working together. Is it, even if they're earning six or seven figures, I help them get even clearer on, on, that, on that dream client. It's so, so critical. I'm going to give you this example. So um, the client that I'm running ads for, she, um, she helps authors and screenwriters to basically create a novel or a screen uh, um, screenplay, screenplay? Uh, that um, you know that get that gets published that people actually want to either buy for, for a book or turn into a movie, and so one of the things that she was, um, you know, her marketing message was basically when we started working together is like, hey, would you? Or something like, hey, would you? You know, love to write a write a book and and get it published, right? So. The type of me- the point is the type of message that she was, the type of person that she was speaking to is someone that hadn't yet really written a book. Like they liked the idea of reading a book. Uh, sorry, liked the idea of writing a book or a screenplay. Um, and so she was getting a lot of beginner people onto her list. Um, at the time, she was promoting like a low ticket product, and the product was profitable. But the the problem was it wasn't leading to a lot of high end sales. Um, because the people that were coming through were beginners and they just weren't really good fit for that. The main offer she wanted to sell was like a high-end coaching program. So you really got to think about like what's the your main offer that you want to sell them, who's going to be perfect fit for that. So what we spoke about was, um, you know, the, the person that is going to be a good fit for that program is not someone that just dream, you know, that is a beginner to writing. And the reason why is someone who has never really taken the action to uh, write a book or um, write a screenplay is not really qualified to spend $5,000. It's a really big investment for them. They're not really yep. invested. So what she needed to focus on was someone who's already invested, say a professional writer that may be already has a, a draft. Um, and then I started to get even more specific. And I said, well, why, why don't we target people who have been rejected, right? Who've actually gone to the effort of writing their whole kind of book draft, maybe even got it edited to send it into a, a publisher and have, have, got it rejected, right? So I said, let's create a lead magnet. This is something like, you know, seven reasons your book was rejected, right? So that that's an example of, and then we started advertising that and, and getting a high, high quality lead. And, and now we're changing that low ticket funnel to be more directed at um, that type of writer. And that's a much higher quality prospect because you know that if they've gone to the effort of writing a book they're so much more invested time uh time wise and, and and financially as well and blood you know, when you're writing a book it's tough high-end offer so that's kind of like an example of how um 
yeah, how just how getting clear, even on a more successful coach, um, just getting that clarity. Like it all starts with the market. It's so important. So let's go back to that example. So who did you target? Because there's no list out there that says, you know, rejected authors. So, but you, <laughs> who did you target and how did you find those people in order to, certainly the headline and the copy got people to put up their hand, I've been rejected, but how did you know who to send it to or which general so, we were, so this was five Facebook ads. Um, yes. So when you say, who did I target? Do you mean like literally in the, in the targeting settings? Who did I target? Yeah, because that's always a tough thing for people is like, who do we, do we go after the general public and then the headline gets people yeah. to self-select or do you kind of be more intelligent and uh, use the system more effectively to get the people you want? <laughs> yeah. So what I'm going to say here is going to sound really, really counterintuitive. And no matter how many times that I say it, um, it kind of goes in, in one ear and out the other of a, of a coach. Uh, and that is so with with Facebook, it's really with most advertising platforms. With Facebook, the targeting isn't really done with the targeting settings. It sounds again counterintuitive. I, I just get just so you know, just some background. I've spent over sixteen million dollars on ads, so this advice comes from a lot of experience. Um, when I launch an ad campaign, um, whether the co client is you know helping screenwriters or whether they're in weight loss, I have a weight loss client that I run ads for. Whether they're helping other coaches, whether they're helping executives. I keep the, the settings very broad and um, pretty much default. So, you know, if we're trying to, uh, you know, attract women, yes, I'll choose the gender as women. That's really, that's really as specific as but I get. But outside of that, you'll go age bracket? Age bracket, I leave in the beginning at 18 to 65 plus. And then yeah. if for whatever reason, like the quality, um, like they start attracting people, like say over 65 that just don't have the money, then we'll, then we'll start to get a bit more specific. But other than that, I usually keep it 18 to 65 plus. Uh, a placements like you know where the ad is shown is is quite um just on automatic and everything else is basically stock standard i might just choose one interest in the beginning um but here's the thing after a while the the pixel kind of learns who you want it who you're advertising to and you, you end up really not needing the interest anyway so anyway i have um i just choose like one kind of broad interest it doesn't there's no kind of magic what size should it be i right. just pick an interest that I know my audience would be generally interested in. So if they're in weight loss, I just choose weight loss. I think great. Take me like literally about 10 seconds to choose the interest. Um, so I don't pay much attention to the targeting. Where my targeting is done, I actually just described it just a second ago. It's all in getting clear on the market. So once I get clear on that market, so for example, people that have already written a draft who've got it rejected as an author, then I use my message, my, my ad, I use the message to to attract that person so with facebook ads um the you, the targeting is done in other words via the message so for example in my ad i would say like as an example in the first line of the ad are you an author who's got your book rejected question mark you know would you like to know why here are seven you know download this free guide and i'll show you seven reasons why so the message i literally call out the specific target market um and they're and generally their problem, but I'm trying to, and the headline also of the ad should speak to their target market and, and the outcome that my free so guide So the rest of the ad, do you keep it very light in terms of, are you an author that was rejected? And then, hey, I got these seven reasons why you might've been rejected, click here to get it. Do you have a lot of copy in the ad or is it yeah, just very um, light? It's, it's, yeah, so for a lead magnet, it's usually pretty short. So it might be like three sentences, three to four sentences. Cause you don't, I love it. with a lead magnet, the offer sells itself, right? So what I mean by that is, okay, so the example that I gave before was the seven reasons your book was rejected. I mean, it doesn't need much explanation. It's pretty obvious. 
what it's about and who it's for. It's for authors who've got their book rejected and it's going to show them why that they got that rejected. So uh, my lead magnet title, for example, is called, um, and just so you know, a lead magnet for everyone listening is just generally in this context is just a short guide, like a three to five page PDF that you give away for free in exchange for an email address. Uh, but my, um, my, my lead magnet, my free guide is called the nine email offers that get coaching clients for free. So that doesn't mean like, it's very clear who that's for nine and what it's about. It's nine email offers that get coaching clients for free. It's, it's for coaches and helps them get clients for free. It's very clear. So my ad is, um, I think it's about three or four sentences. And that's, you know, I've had an ad promoting that lead man. That's literally like two sentences saying, Hey, your coach needs more clients. Go here to grab my free guide. Um, here's what it's about. I like to add a few more sentences in to just um, maybe have a bit, establish my credibility. Uh, so I'll, I'll have a little bit of like, you know, hey, I've generated this many leads or um, hey, I've sent this many emails. Just have a bit, little bit of a credibility in there. So um, I, I find that that can, that can boost response, but you don't really so need it. So it sounds like, uh, like you said, counterintuitive in one sense, but on the other sense, what it sounds like is the better seeker of potential clients, is it you or is it the pixel? And the answer is the pixel. And if you let the pixel do what it needs to do and you use strategies like that, people self-select, the pixel learns who they are and it does magic. And if you try and force the interest and try and use your intellect to try and game the system, it kind of slows the whole thing down. Have I got it yes. right? Yes. I mean, you, when you say the pixel does its magic, I mean, it is great in that it has a lot of data on all, all of us. So based on you know your past campaigns, it will know um, who you want to put the ad in front of. But that's as far as it goes, right? You still need a message that speaks to the right person. If you don't have like a good offer in your ads, they're not going to convert. Like no matter how well your, your the pixel is working in terms of putting your ad in front of the right person, if you don't have an offer that people want, your ads are going to bomb. Um, and so the, the really great thing about what I've just said is, you know, for people, because when I first got started with ads, I always thought oh, the reason why my ads aren't converting is because I haven't found this magic little interest audience or whatnot, right? And I always thought it was because of the interest and I didn't have the right layered targeting. Um, and so for the coaches and professionals listening right now, you know, knowing what I just told you, it means that if your ads aren't converting, it's, it's nothing to do with the targeting as long as you kind of keep them pretty basic, like I mentioned. It's everything to do with your message. Almost like 95% of the time the problem is the message or that, or what that really comes down to, it's the offer that you're promoting. So that's a good place to kind of segue into next. Here's my hypothesis, and I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes we're so close to our own work that we think is genius, or we think the way we're communicating is the right way. And of course, uh, it takes a lot for people to basically convince us that maybe it isn't as fabulous as it could be. So you must struggle against that when you're saying, but no, Luke, you don't understand my clients. And so tell me about <laughs> one of those conversations with one of your clients and how you got them to see the epiphany. Because if people don't want to uh, hear, they won't. But then sometimes the light switches on, they go, oh my God, I totally get it. I Yeah, that's that's a, it's interesting. Like I, I, I do get that. Um, I actually, um, so I used to uh, coach in another coach's mastermind um, a while back and I used to get it. A lot in that in that mastermind because I was I was like one of the head experts um, and uh, but then in, in my own coaching programs I don't really get it that much anymore. Um, I think when people pay you a significant amount of money, <laughs> they kind of tend to just listen. So that's another yes. lesson for professionals. If they you know the more they invest, it, the more they realize I better listen to this person because I spend a lot of money. But um, to answer your question, yeah, when I, I I'm pretty you know. <sighs> I really, when someone comes to me and says, you know, my, my, 
my market is different or whatnot. I, I don't really, I just give my reasons for, for based on my past experience saying, look, you can do what you want. This is your business, right? Um, I don't really try to push them too much, but I'll say, look, you know, based on my experience, you know, uh, you know, marketing is marketing. It's all about, you know, getting clear on your market, no matter whether you're a health coach or relationship coach or whatnot. Um, actually, you know, take a couple steps back. A business, all a business is, right? It's just solving a, you've got a problem. So the market has a problem and you have the solution. Every business is built on that, whether you're yes. e-commerce or whatnot. And so that's that. Just, just in that demonstration, your business is not different. So if you're solving a problem, what do we have to do? We have to get clear on the market um, and then we have to create an offer for that market. So it, it, I really... Um, just take it back to basics like that. And then I let them make the decision on what they want to do. And usually they, they come around, but what generally happens if they, if they don't listen, they'll take action. <laughs> their, their way of um, getting, you know, taking the action doesn't get results and then they come back around and then they implement, but it doesn't, it, it didn't happen that often in that group. Um, some people were very, very strong headed and you kind of wondered why, why are you in this program? If you invested like this right. amount of money, why are you in here? But um and uh, yeah, so sometimes I had to kind of call them out on that saying um, kind of in a nice way, right? Saying like, hey, you're here and you know, you've invested in this program for a reason. Um, you know, this is the what has worked for all of our coaches and, and, and clients. So maybe just, you know, give it a try and see what happens. So Luke, talk to me about uh, you potentially anybody in the world could buy my product, whatever that happens to be. But we want to help people kind of get down to a niche where they can actually be very, very precise in who they want. Yeah. And so there's this like uh, need to, yes, I could do that, but, but there's a bigger market. What about these other people? <laughs> and how do you get people to kind of really, there's going to yeah. be more wealth if you kind of go after a niche versus go after everybody. How do you have that conversation? Yeah, that's such a good question. That's probably the biggest problem that, that I um, face um, with the clients that I work with. Um, so here's the thing, like what, you know, running ads, like I, I can get results for clients in broader markets. I can get them, like, I know how to stand out in a broad market. I know how to stand out. I mean, it's much easier if your market is more specific. That's why we niche down. Um, and so there's positives and negatives to both. Like if you go to a broader market, you, you're obviously you can get more leads and, but the downside of a broader market is you uh, tend to attract a lot of people that, uh, don't, don't have that mindset of investing. Right. So that's mm -hmm. why I mentioned to that example before, like I'm looking for, if we're selling high ticket service, we really want to go after people that have that mindset um, of investing that are already invested with time and money. Um, and so we, when you focus down on that type of person, you will get a better quality lead. And when I explain that to coaches, then they're usually much more motivated to get um, more specific. Um, but just again, from my experience on running ads, if we, um, you know, get very specific about a certain type of client that we want to go after. Like, hey, this is the type of business. Um, like I get a lot of business coaches come to me and they go, I, I was speaking to a lady yesterday. I think she's, I'm speaking to her again today. Actually, she looks like she's going to sign up. And I go, you know, what, what type of business are you working? Um, uh, do you work with? And she's, oh, just kind of, I help all kind of small to medium. Her, her market is small to medium sized business. I mean, that is so broad, right? Small to medium. That's like what, 5 million to 50 million. That could be, oil and gas companies, it could be people in printing, it could be people, uh, yep. you know, accountants, like it's just uh, e-commerce stores. It's so broad. And so when you go to a market, a market like that, 
your marketing message doesn't really speak to anyone. And so your response in your campaigns is you can get people opting in, but in terms of like your emails being effective or your webinars converting, like your sales process converting, Mm -hmm. it's very, very hard. So by getting more specific and at least getting clear on, hey, what type of industry do you want to work with? So I spoke to her yesterday. I said, "Are are you opposed to getting a bit more specific? She said, no. I said, you know, I gave her an example of like, you know, you could help someone like a tradesperson, right? So like a plumber or an electrician. And just by being able to say, hey, I help, are you an electrician that uh, doesn't have a, she helps people with websites, like, you know, that doesn't have a website and you'd like to attract more leads. So I'm going to show you how to build your trades business. So just by, again, getting more specific on just an industry that you work with and maybe getting a bit more specific on the revenue level, like whether they have employees or not, we can create a much more targeted um uh, message, which then boosts the response of um, of the campaigns, meaning you get yeah, better quality leads, your emails get more appointments, and it's much easier to sign them up to your programs and services. So what's the process? So let's say we were going after realtors. That's one of my target audiences. And realtors that are successful that have teams. Yes. So what would that campaign look like? Because I'm looking more for the steps after the initial lead magnet. Like how, just a general client attraction system? Is that what you're like? What So once you, yeah, so build, once you um, build the, like attract them onto your list, you're saying what happens next? Is that, was that the Yeah. Question? What do you recommend next for uh, your clients? Like what are the steps? Because going from that free thing to a $10,000 yeah, yeah. program is a big jump. So how do you get them from yeah, the, so, I like you to, I want to spend money with you or a lot of money with you? Yeah. So maybe a little bit of context here would help. So the way that I do things just from, like my, my backstory of I, when I, back in 2013, when I started as a coach, I did a lot of things. Um, and then funnels started to become popular and I tried, um, all like webinars, tripwire funnels, book funnels. Um, I did networking, speaking. I even was so desperate one stage. I, I remember the other day I, I did an MLM company, like selling pain patches. Like that's yeah. how desperate I got. I went away from coaching. I just need the money. But anyway. And you did do uh, stripping for leads. Sorry? No, no, you didn't do that. I said you did do stripping <laughs> for leads, but no, 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 you probably didn't do that. No, I didn't get that. I did knock on, knock on, do um, cold knock doors. doors nice. Though. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, that's probably the one level above that. <laughs> so anyway, um, the point is I tried a lot of things. I followed, followed a lot of gurus and I put myself in a hole financially. And so I um, realized what I was doing was not working and I just wanted something simple. And that's what led me away from all this complex funnel stuff. And I said, what were the people like back in before funnels? What were they doing? Like what were the people before internet? What were they doing? And it was really simple. It was just like build your list and, and follow up with that list right now online. That just like build your list and email your list. And again, if you build your list with quality leads, so people you'll market with a problem, then you just present them your offer, like your solution via email. It's very simple. Um, so that's, that's to answer your question you build your list with quality leads and then all I do is send one email per day, like one email and that email will um, usually tells a bit of a story um, which makes it entertaining, then has value in there, like has a lesson, business lesson in my in my um, instance. And then that once I start talking about the business lesson, it's very easy, easy for me to transition into the close part of the email, which is just a soft call to action to, you know, to book a call. And so, I, again, I like to keep it simple um, by just using regular emails to build that relationship, to build credibility and trust. Uh, and then when they're ready, they, um, you know, book a spot uh, on, on my calendar. It's, it's really that simple. Um, it's not as fancy as all the complex guru funnels, um, but it's no, something. But it, 
my thoughts resonate. I like it because simple is good. And yeah. uh, in essence, what you're doing is taking all the fancy stuff out. You're saying, okay, if you're a plumber that needs more clients, we got this PDF or this video course or whatever to help you do more of that. Yeah, uh, you're going to love it. They click on it. They go through it. They build a little bit of trust. Since they put their email in, you're just basically building that relationship over some emails. Yeah. And it's about educating, entertaining, and asking for, hey, if you need more help, click on the link. Let's have a chat. Yep. That's it. It's pretty simple. simple. I love it. <laughs> so Luke, tell me this. I would suspect the Luke sitting in front of me right now is way more intelligent than the Luke that sat there three years ago. <laughs> Same is true on this side, right? Because we're always learning. Yep, yep, so yep. tell me about a blind spot you had earlier on in this journey of marketing and leading clients that who helped you see the blind spot? And once you recognized what it was, how did you fix it? Um, I don't know exactly three years ago. Um, I was just playing around with that date. It's yeah, just yeah I, I, I understand. Um, yeah, that's a, you asked really good questions, Zuma. Makes me think a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the... Probably the biggest lesson. So when I um, I mentioned that my story, we tried all these different things. I actually was living in London and I, I ran out of money and had to come back to Australia because um, yeah. I thought I'd be able to grow my business over there. But you know, I didn't and lost a lot of money and came back. And, and, um, and I started, um, I realized I didn't like the, f- the free kind of lead generation strategies anymore, like, you know, um, going on, you know, posting, blog posting and, doing a lot of, you know, going in Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and um, and I realized I had to, to do paid ads. So um, I bought this guy's course and um, he put out a, an, an ad in his Facebook group saying, hey, he's hiring media managers like part-time. I thought, well, that'd be, that'd be a great way to learn from him because he's really good. Nice. And, um, and he, you know, because his, I think his mastermind was like at that stage, I don't know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. So if I apply for this and get it, he's going to be paying me to learn, to learn from him. Oh yeah. So I, so I did it and I, I got the the gig out of like 50 people and um, uh, his name's Jason Hornung, by the way, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Hey, still, Jason. Still Jason Horn, yeah. And um, so one of um, my biggest lessons from him is, you know, when, what I started seeing watching him is he had, he was charging um, quite a lot of money to run Facebook ads even back then. But one of the things that I noticed, like wh- whenever I was running ads for him or whenever we brought on new clients, we would always get results for them like right away. Like we would always hit it out of the park. And, uh, and that kind of like blew me away. And then after a while, I realized why that was, right? And the, the reason why it was is he was, very, he was very specific about the type of clients that he brought on board. Like he only brought on people that he knew that he will get results for. So for example, like he looked for specific things about their business that he knew that he could get results. So for example, one of the markers was, are you already running ads? That's obviously, um, you know, because before that he used to help all types of service professionals that didn't run ads, that just wanted to run ads. And he had to like, you know, do their first campaign and build their funnel and help them craft their offer. So there's a lot of things he had to do to get them results. And he learned from that. And, um, and he, um, instead started being more specific with his client, um, you know, the clients that he brought on board. So yes, he had to be running, already running ads. You already have to have a converting campaign, right? Your campaign has to be converting. doesn't necessarily have to be um, like making a lot of money, but at least break even, um, just something for him to work with. And really those, those were t- and obviously someone that he'd like to work with as well in terms of their personality. But um, 
you know, those two very, very important factors. And if he brought on someone that was already running ads and had a converting funnel, it's much easier then for him to get results and then, and then scale that campaign. Right. And, and it's not really a lesson that he kind of brought me aside and sat me down and said, hey, do this. It's just something that, that I observed from watching him. And I've taken that on board. And um, just from the very first lesson that I spoke about in, in this interview, going back to my client who, um, the screenwriters, you know, like being very deliberate with the type of client that you work with. Um, and then building a campaign around attracting that client. I love it. So we've had a, a nice conversation. What's a question I should have asked you that would be valuable to our listeners that I didn't? Um, that's a that's a really another really great question. Um, you've you actually asked some some really great questions. Um, I'm smarter than spoke. I look. <laughs> and we we actually spoke about a lot of you know, deeper things that I don't usually, you know, most people are mm -hmm. interested in just like, how do you generate leads? How do you, you know, what's the email structure that you use, da, da, da. But we spoke a lot of, a lot of deep stuff, which I thought was really good. And I think that's the most valuable stuff um, that, uh, that, we, that you can talk about because that's really what makes a campaign convert. But in terms of your question, um, you know, one of the questions that I often get asked is, is Luke like, you know, how long will it take me to get clients with this system, with this email journey system? And I like to explain it very simply um, using kind of like this, this metaphor or analogy. So basically imagine this is how you can really think about most campaigns like this, but um, in particular, this, this particular campaign. So let's pretend you've got three dominoes, right? So one, two, three. And to get consistent clients, all you have to do is knock over three dominoes. Okay, the three yes. dominoes. So what's the first domino? The first one is getting someone to opt into your email list. So we spoke about yes. that, right? You advertise a lead magnet. Now, once that's done, once that domino is knocked over, you don't have to worry about it again because with advertising, um, particularly Facebook ads, you can just let that generate leads for, for years, right? I've been using my last lead magnet lasts for like five years. So you can, you can a lead magnet will last a long time. To keep the ad updated, you may have to change the image once every few months. Um, my current ad's been running for about five months now without any, I haven't touched it at all. Um, so what the point is once that's kind of knocked over, you don't have to worry about that, right? So that's done, that domino's knocked over. And then once that's, then all you do is focus on the next domino, which is what, which is the next action you want your prospect to take, which is getting an appointment. So the first action is getting them to opt in, the second action is getting them to book an appointment with you. Now that is the offer at the end of your emails. If they're not booking yes. an appointment, it means there's something wrong with what you're saying at the end of your emails. The offer is not resonating. So you have to tweak that offer mm -hmm. until they start, you know, booking appointments. So you just keep sending emails until they start, until that domino gets knocked over. Okay, I've got an offer now. I've, I've articulated the result that I'm, I'm helping them with in a way that resonates. Now they're booking appointments, right? So that domino is knocked over. So all you have to do at that stage is just let your list build on autopilot and then to send out your daily email to get those appointments. And then the final domino is signing them up to your program, right? Now, one of the great things with, with email that I really love is the prospects that come to you from email are very, um, uh, they're very warm, right? So yeah, people love referrals, but referrals still need education. Like you still have to explain your system and how it works. And yes, there's a high level of trust, but they still don't really know that much about you generally or about how your system works. With email, it's totally different, right? They know you, they like you, they trust you, they know you're an expert because they've been reading your emails. Plus they know about your system, right? They know how it works because they've been reading your email. So when someone comes to you from email, they're highly educated, a uh, high trust, sorry, and highly educated about you and your system and how it works. At that stage, signing them up becomes a lot easier because it's just a matter then of, of like, do you want to help them or can you help them? 
and um, you know, do they have the money really? So the, the conversation is, is much more casual. It's not like a cold prospect. It requires a lot of selling. So that's um, just think of a I campaign that. like that. It's direct response principles, but I just like to use that three dominoes. So I love that. It's, it's very simple, simple as one, two, three. Uh, yep. On the emails that we exchange with our potential clients, how personal do you recommend we get? Because how important is, let's say, your story or one of your client stories of their backstory to uh, what they're offering? Is that important or are you just focusing on the client? Like, how do you build that trust and relationship in the emails? Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for kind of setting up this amazing, like, you know, a lot of people like set up autoresponders, right? Like this amazing autoresponder where like the first email is like your story and the second email is like this part of this type of your story. And, um, you know, again, I keep it simple, you know, as you send daily emails, naturally your own personality, your own parts of your own story will come out, right? One day you might tell this story and the next, and then people will get to know you just over time through your email. So I wouldn't overthink it in, in that regards nice. in terms of like how personal do you get? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I tell stories, I tell all sorts types of stories in, in my, um, my emails, but usually I'm trying to think of like entertaining stories. Like you want stories that you think are funny or you think are sad or you think that spark, you know, stories that spark an emotion within you. Um, in terms of like, do you talk about politics? Well, that's up to the, um, you know, the particular co- uh, coach or um, service professional that's sending the emails. I do dance around politics in my emails every now and then and some religion stuff. But again, that's personal preference. It's not for everyone. Um, but I, I would say in terms of your, stories you definitely want to get vulnerable as it relates to stories around your topic so for example let's say i've got a client right um she helps women with ibs irritable bowel syndrome Mm. so any stories that she has around um, so she has a story where she went to a restaurant and then all of a sudden like she's in the middle of like you know having dinner with and she had to go and um you know she couldn't make it to the toilet right and so it was a bit of a a disaster so but that the point is that type of story even though it's quite embarrassing you you want to tell it because it's related to your particular topic. topic. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. That's brilliant. Anyway, go ahead. No, that's brilliant. So basically you're staying in, in the topic area, you're showing your mastery and also your vulnerability as you go through it. And it's just a daily check-in with a friend. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. So when you're writing an email, you good point of practice is to just imagine, uh, you know, your dream client sitting in front of you, like at a coffee shop or whatever, and you just write, you just kind of, it's just a conversation. It's, it's just exactly just like you would send an email to a friend or family member. Don't overthink it. Just tell the story as you would tell it to them. And, um, um, and then tell, talk about the IBS lesson or the business lesson or the dating lesson from that story and then transition to your close. It's, it's pretty straightforward. And so typically, you know, uh, I suspect the email is going to be a page or two, nothing too lengthy. Yeah, that's a, as long as question a lot, like, tell the story. Yeah, how long? Yeah, it's kind of like how long is a piece of string? Um, you just tell the tell the story, however long it takes to tell the story. Obviously, you want to be pithy, right? You want to be to the point. You don't want to kind of drone on. Um, um, but so my my emails are generally around three to five hundred words. But there are some emails that will go a lot longer simply because the story needs to be you know it takes a lot longer to tell if that makes sense. But generally, it's about three hundred to five hundred words for for an email. Love it. So, uh, Luke, uh, a couple of questions before we leave. What's yeah. one mind hack that you would recommend to people to make them more productive, happier, smarter, sexier? <laughs> what would you like to share with our listeners and viewers? Um, a mind hack. That's a, 
That's a, another really good question. See, that, that, it's funny that you asked that question because I'm all about, um, and I talk a lot about this in my emails, about not looking for hacks or like ninja tricks or yeah. um, kind of like easy routes to success. Um, and maybe that is that is my message in terms of like I, I get up at um, uh, two, about 2.45 in, in the morning um and there's no there's no like hack to that I, you know it's, I, I go to bed early and i and we it's just insanity <laughs> but you know but I, it's not like i go to bed at 11 and wake up at 2 i go to bed at um you know 8 8 30 and so for me in, in my the way that my body works i can have six hours sleep five and a half and i feel great yeah. but if i went to bed at 10 and and had that six hours sleep i feel not good at Terrible. all so it just works with my body but um but the point is i guess um if we're talking hacks just you know, find what works for you. Um, find, um, you know, sleep is obviously very important, but in terms of your, when you sleep and when you wake up, find what works for you. In terms of your morning routine, like you see this a lot like this, you know, for your morning routine, you need to meditate, you need to do this, you need to do that. If you did everything that the gurus tell you to do in your morning routine, your morning routine will literally go for like six hours. Like there's so many yes. things that they tell you that you have to do. Um, I'd say, you know, find what works for you. Um, I do, like, I read the Bible. I um, I read a personal development book, and then I go to the gym. And that's, um, oh, and I do a little, uh, some email stuff as well. Um, and that's that's my morning routine. So I would work on faith, look. Um, kind of something for family with the book. I read family stuff to help me become a better parent. And then fitness, um, and then finances. That's the email stuff. So in that, by 6 a.m., I've already done those four kind of things. But again, that's Correct. what works for yeah, so Nice. And I, and I think what I took away from that really was uh, probably the best mind hack. Be yourself. Because we're so busy trying to be like the guru or what people expect us to exactly be. Right. Yeah. That if you find the rhythm where you sleep best, that's the best time for you. And if you've got an understanding spouse you can have schedules that slightly alter a little bit yep. uh, rather than we both have to wake up at the same time and do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Second yep. question right. for you. And yep. of course this is the, how I started the program. Luke, what makes you happy? What makes it actually, it's funny. Um, you know, I was thinking about that question uh, just last night. What makes me happy? One of the things that really makes me happy is so after I finish that morning routine, um, so it's about, what time is it right now? It's about 6.30 in the morning right now. So right about now, my family is waking up. And, and when they wake up, my partner, Alana, she knocks she knocks on the wall. And I can, um, so that's my signal to basically to basically come up um, and help them get ready for, for the morning to so start making breakfast and whatnot. So that that's what makes me happy is is when, I mean, I love, I love doing my work. I'm kind of an independent person. But um, being able to- That knock in the morning makes you happy? Sorry, that knock in the morning makes you happy. It, not so much the knock; um, it's going up and then because they're still all lying in bed, so it's just coming into the room and and Indy, um, Olive, who's uh, she's about eighteen months old, and then Indy, who's three uh, or turning four in a couple of weeks. Um, they're still lying in bed with Alana, and so I just go, you know, lie down with them, and we just have a chat, and, and it's just it's just it's nice to walk into that room and and see them there in the morning. So that's what that's what makes me happy. Brilliant. Luke, I took a lot of notes. Uh, thank you so much for being on the program. I really enjoyed it. And uh, here's what I enjoyed most is you don't know anything. Uh, basically, not a kid there. Everything you do is very simple and elegant and it's easy to do. And you've taken all the complication out of things. 
uh, there's a quote from Einstein, you know, I don't care for simplicity unless it's on the other side of complexity. And that's what you've done is just learned your lessons and you've got a really simple thing. Like you said, hey, the three dominoes, that's like freaking huge. Thank you so much for your expertise and your generosity. My pleasure, Amar, and uh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the, the great questions that really made me think. So thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 